Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of the Front Office Podcast, Sean and I break down the NBA draft and the crazy free agency frenzy that's happening. So let's get going. back with another fine episode of the front office podcast i am derek dawson i am joined by my esteemed partner in crime sean gant worker sean how you doing i'm doing good i I just really wanted to thank you uh for delaying this podcast on my behalf until we figured out where matt uh is signing and uh now that we do, I feel like we kind of have a, a complete outlook of uh, where everything stands in the NBA. You know, we had to wait for mm-hmm. Dova to get signed for us. Um, to, that's what to, I was telling you. I mean, you were talking about Brandon Ingram, Anthony Davis, and I said, you just wait. Yeah, that's exactly just the wait. case. Man, let's get right to it. <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> so the Charlotte Hornets signed Gordon Hayward to a four-year, $120 million deal. Okay. Um, you and I talked about this. You sent me a text, and I, I, you may mention of another former Charlotte Hornets slash Bobcats player. And, and your text said, This is the Nick Batum con- um, concert contract all over again. What the heck? What, what, Mitch Kupchak and Michael Jordan, what, what did they overpay for Gordon Hayward? I mean, it's it's tough. Like, bottom line, yes. Like, and I think it's going to be a disaster. Uh, the mitigating circumstances are, of course, there's like a small market tax, right? right? Like, no one's just going to go to Charlotte to go to Charlotte. I mean, I've been to Charlotte, very nice city, but plenty of better alternatives. So when a guy like Gordon Hayward, unfortunately, who is more of a name, I think, than a player at this point, until we're guaranteed that he's healthy, is available, I understand why Charlotte did it. That being said, to make such a colossal gamble on a guy who is injured more more often than he's healthy, one was a freak injury, but they, can, they kind of keep building up, and to invest your future in him at a point when you finally seem to have established the direction for the franchise, and it took you long enough. Mm-hmm. Like, there were some lost years of Kemba, and then finally, like, Terry Ro- Ro- Rogier, but, like, LaMelo Ball, okay, P.J. Washington, nice core. To make such a big swing, I I don't get it. And like we said with, with the Nick Batum thing, is this just going to be an albatross of a contract you stay with for two and a half years until you can finally uh, get the wherewithal to stretch him? You know, the crazy thing about it is um, I think Michael Jordan had to make a, a, a some sort of deal. And I think that that deal was we have to at least try to get the eighth seed in the playoffs. We have to do something to at least this 10th seed, 11th seed, having the ninth pick of every draft is doing nothing for us. Um, 
LaMelo Ball is going, and we're going to talk about the draft later. LaMelo Ball is probably going to help with that, but it's not going to have that process be a a contender, you know, tomorrow. Um, I think that you said, like you said, there is a small market tax that those teams have to pay. But was there there something that, hey, Gordon, we'll give you two years at that same amount and then we'll play it by ear? Because Gordon was supposed to go to Indiana. Indiana had a package in a sign and trade with Boston and it was Miles Turner. And I want to say Doug McDermott. And I don't know if Danny Ainge scoffed at that. I don't know because the word came back that Danny Ainge wanted either uh, our our favorite friend, TJ Warren um, in that deal or one of the holiday brothers. And I think Indy said, no, we're not along with Miles Turner, mind you. But Indy said, no, we're not going to give you that. And I guess, Gordon Hayward said, forget it. Let me go get my money from Charlotte. I, I think that's how it transpired. But is Danny Ainge kind of to the blame of this as well? I mean, I, I think more often than not, Danny Ainge is to blame for a lot of problems in the world, <laughs> uh, particularly basketball related. I mean, we can we can do a huge run on Danny Ainge, and, and I'm going to have my, my say about him. Um, my understanding, obviously, I don't have quote-unquote sources, but we listen to the same smart people. Uh, yeah. Zach Lowe seems to suggest that the same financial offer was on the table from the Pacers and that the Hornets, and that it, what it came down to it was uh, Hayward just wanted uh, a bigger opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted more chance to uh, to be the primary uh, guy on the team. That being said, Danny Ainge has not earned the benefit of the doubt, and if these rumors suggest he was once again trying to make sure he wins a trade uh, on his own terms rather than just take a gamble, then I'd say that, yeah, I mean, we've seen this with Horford, we've seen them with Irving. He gets these guys, he makes them unhappy, and then he loses them. And until he does something to break that trend, I'm going to say that, yeah, more, more likely than not, he probably squandered a pretty good opportunity here to at least get something from Gordon Hayward. You know, because he, he got nothing for Gordon Hayward, just like he got nothing for Al Horford. And if nothing else, okay, you wanted T.J. Warren over Doug McDermott. Cool. I get it. I would as well. But you were getting Miles Turner, who was going to immediately help your team compete at a higher level than they're already competing. And to, I understand why you would want T.J. Warren. Don't get me wrong on that. But if Indiana says, no, we want to keep T.J. Warren, you take what you can get and get Miles Turner. Because Miles Turner and Doug, Mc, Doug McDermott is better than nothing. Miles Turner with Doug McDermott is is something is better than definitely better than nothing. I mean, what's so interesting too is, I mean, these guys talk to their players, right? right. Like, e- even if uh, certain deadlines uh, aren't upcoming, you know if Gordon Hayward is going to opt out or if he's not. Likely, maybe a week in advance. So before the draft, knowing that you can get a guy like Doug McDermott and a guy like Miles Turner. Doesn't that change the idea of taking a pick in the lottery for a guy like Aaron Nesmith and then opening your shot up with those picks to taking an even bigger swing? Like, it's all about GMs need to think one step ahead, right? Right. If Gordon Hayward's unhappy, I can get someone who can replicate a skill set I'm choosing via a trade for Gordon Hayward. Ergo, trade these picks, consolidate, and don't mind myself in a situation where the Sixers are better 
Miami is better, the Bucks are better, and I'm once again running out of big rotation that relies on Daniel Theus, Robert Williams, and Grant Williams. Like, what, what, what are we doing here, Danny Ainge? I, I just don't get it. His lack of aggression is, is his bane. Right. And uh, I, until he figures that out, and getting to Eastern Conference Finals is great. I don't begrudge him at all. Three straight, absolutely wonderful, but you need to take that team over the top. You know, and, and every each one of those teams, those three Eastern Conference Finalist teams, were always lacking, except, albeit Al Horford, a big man for Boston. And you had clearly an opportunity to get a nice young big who's still under contract under your wing to run with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And if you think losing Gordon Hayward for, for Miles Turner is so bad, you still got Aaron Naismith to kind of groom, to kind of take over that, that shooter that Gordon Hayward was projected to be as well as Romeo Langford. So you had a nice young group behind Gordon Hayward that Miles Turner would have been sufficient. And not only that, but there's a notion of knowing what assets you have. Right. And then moving forward, Danny Ainge likes to duplicate assets to a point that I don't understand. I think ideally, you know more or less what you have in a guy like Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Romeo Langford at this point. And if that's the case, why are you giving Jeff Teague the backup point guard minutes? Like, we know what Jeff Teague is. Right. Jeff Teague was very good for a very long time and now dribbles the air out of the ball for 16 seconds. Mm. He's not what you need. He's not the difference maker. Why are we using draft picks like on Peyton Pritchard to supplement a group of guys you're not going to use? Why are you giving, why are you offering Trayman Waters and Taco Fall a contract when you're just going to sign two other people to play above them? Like, Right. I just don't get it. You're not going to play 15-man rotations, and if you do, Brad Stevens should be fired. You're going to get about 10 guys, and this Celtics notion of we're going to pay 15 guys who each can contribute is not going to cut it. You know, um, I do think the Jeff Teague signing was awesome. Jeff Teague's going to be the best backup point guard in the NBA. With, oh, I with, don't know about that. Well, 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 just think about this. I'm talking. I'm not talking starters. I'm talking backups. Somebody that's going to get Kemba. Kemba should go down for five or six games. Jeff Teague, I'd have put the ball in his hands over Tremont Waters or, or, or you know, uh, Peyton Pritchard at this point. But that being said, I'd also put it in Marcus Smart's hand and bring those young guys up you know, slowly but surely and just roll with what I have, you know. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where you want to keep developing or you want to stunt the development. And Jeff Teague is going to stunt those guys' development. Exactly. Like, well, may I ask, what, what do you benefit from for giving Jeff Teague those minutes? Nothing. Uh, that, that you can't get from giving it to Marcos, Marcus Smart or, or some of those young guys. Like, maybe Jeff Teague isn't as bad as I suggested, and he's that steadying, steadying hand at, at the till, right? Mm. What, you, you're going to flip Jeff Teague for an asset? No. Almost certainly not. No. You're just going to let him walk at the end of the year? Probably. So if you really are taking a big swing and saying, all right, Gordon Hayward, just walk away, then just develop the young guys. Just you're develop the young guys. Core to, to get deep into the playoffs, as we've proven. Definitely. I mean, they just gave Jason Tatum a max contract. You know, and and but you I, see, you see what Tatum did with that contract. No, what did he do with that contract? He got himself a player option for oh, the yes. year. Yes, I did see that. Yes, definitely. So once again, we're going to enter into a situation, unfortunately, where if Ainge doesn't play these cards right, 
in the player empowerment era, he can just walk away. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah. still be ahead of his prime. Exactly. <laughs> definitely. Um, I want to get to a couple of other things. Let's talk about this uh, Milwaukee Bucks mishap. <laughs> Let's talk about... So they so Milwaukee Bucks made some trades. Uh, Drew Holiday being one of those trades. They got rid of Eric Bledsoe, which is awesome. Um, they also had a trade with the Sacramento Kings for Bogdan Bogdanovich for some pieces. Dante uh, Divincenzo, White Dante, and DJ Wilson. And then it all went to to crap because uh, someone started running their mouth. What happened there? God, this is going to be a don't get fired moment uh, for me. <laughs> right? um, I'm a former Milwaukee Bucks employee. Yep. I'm still not completely dialed in. I have friends in the organization. But I can confirm that even before you know the new ownership came, there was a history of leaking mm. to certain media's, media members of the press. And that can be beneficial for everyone, right? The player, the agent, the organization, depending on the message. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I believe some new members of the Bucks family got very excited. And why wouldn't you get excited, right? Right. Like, we saw this roster on paper with with uh, Bogan and Giroux and said, oh, my God. Like We're going it. to the championship. This, this is a finals team. We're keeping Giannis. Exactly. Except, and we're keeping Giannis. Bingo. Number one with a bullet. Yes. Except when you leak that four days before the before it's legal and tampering has always been illegal and unfortunately some people uh, clutch sports lebron james have been able to get away with it um but due to the debacle that was last year's free agency adam silver did announce that they were going to take a uh, a stricter tact and i believe more likely than not uh an over enthusiastic member of uh, of either the bucks or king's family likely the bucks uh, leaked this, and uh, sadly, they're going to be made an example of. Uh, the repercussions of this are going to be catastrophic if uh, Giannis doesn't resign. Mm-hmm. If he does resign, I mean, let's let's forget about it. It's fine. Uh, that being said, what they gave up for Drew Holiday was absolutely enormous, uh, and it will be franchise crippling if Giannis leaves. And that's a big if. I think he'll probably stay, but that is a big swing for a guy that might not move the needle an incredible amount but will still likely fill a lot of the needs you're looking for you know here's here's what i think happened i think like you said someone thought that they were starting to print their uh rings they were starting to place their ring orders for rings um and i think that someone leaked that that gave bogdanovich the option to say hey you know what i'm not doing this and now, but I also think a, another team told the NBA. I, that's what. I mean, we, we can probably narrow the teams down, right? Probably I think a team that, in Toronto, a team in Dallas, or a team in Miami, or maybe even a team in Atlanta. Oh, that, that could be. That could be. <laughs> like, hey, how is this possible? This is what I heard because some of these people know each other, and and yes. someone could have said, "Hey, you heard we're getting bogey," and it's like, "Oh, you are now, are you?" And Bogey gets let off the hook. Milwaukee actually, on this side of the fence, gets let off the hook because, hey, there's no tampering because we didn't sign him. Yes. You know, um, but they may lose Giannis in the process. And then, like you said, getting Drew Holiday, is he's awesome to me. But you got him. David Griffin is going to be Sam Presti light. 
Be- because you got Drew Holiday, you got some draft picks just like you got draft picks for Anthony Davis. And in a minute, and New Orleans already has the team ready to go. And so I, I think that the Hawks might have made a phone call. And, and hey, do what you got to do to get where you got to go. And I, I, I mean, look at it right now. Right now, the Hawks tentatively have Bogey signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and clearly, they were dialed in with his camp. Yep. It wouldn't shock me. And also, I mean, let's not let Bo, uh, Bogan off, off the hook here or his agent. I think there was likely some shenanigans there. Definitely. I think every party is, is pretty much to blame other than maybe the Kings. For the first because- time in the history. <laughs> Of Sacramento like, Kings. God bless the Kings. Yes. I didn't love their package. I mean, that <laughs> no, that easy. package was horrible. Depending on how you feel about White Dante, you, I mean, no, cannot play basketball. No, DJ cannot play basketball. First of all, he Poor sucks. Ursan Ilyasova. Come on. That, um, ripped off of seven million dollars just because of incompetence. Like, that, I'd be angry if he was his. You know, Dante. I, I like Dante. Don't get me yes. wrong, but Dante is a nice backup two guard that can spare you some minutes, five minutes at the point guard position if you need it, and can make some shots every once in a while. I wouldn't give him the shot. He's no Steve Kerr. He may be more John Paxton. I don't know. <laughs> oh, what's crazy right now, right? Is uh, Dante is the starting shooting guard for uh. An Eastern Conference yep. contender. I oh, mean, he's going to get his chance now. So he may have to be Steve Kerr. You know what I mean? got to hope if his shot translates from what it looked like in college, then sure, he can contribute. If it doesn't, you're given a whole bunch of minutes to a bunch of guys that... And let's... So what was the problem with Milwaukee last year, right? Yes. A lack of playmaking. Right. A lack of, okay, clocks winding down. Uh, Giannis is double teamed. Who do we give the shot to? Right. It might not be Middleton because right. there's a guy on Middleton. What do we do? Right. Holiday, absolutely. He can be that guy. Yes. Bogey could have definitely been that guy. <laughs> Bogey could be that guy without a doubt. Right. But the reason the Milwaukee Bucks have been obliterating the regular season the last two years is because they were incredibly deep. And but Coach Bud would run 10 man rotations. Unfortunately, he refused to change that in the playoffs, so right. he would play his best players 35 minutes, right? Now, if they've talked to Bud and say, here are your guys, we're not deep enough to compensate for this, You need the onus needs to be on a big three, quote, on, in quotes, okay. However, if we're shuffling guys like Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton, and, and you know, DJ Augustine into the minutes, and Bobby Portis, that's not a good look. Right. These are role players at the best of days. You are taking a huge hit defensively from from your previous score. But I do like some of the offensive upgrades. But boy, is that going to be an interesting experiment, particularly if Giannis does not sign the Supermax is just letting that linger because Drew Holiday does have uh, injury history. Yes, he does. And he does have an opt out in his contract. Yes, he does. So should something happen? That whole thing comes crashing down very, very quick. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what, what the actual basketball looks like. So Drew Holiday, he's on the books for 26 this year. So he, he has the option next year. So if Giannis signs the max, he may opt out and redo his contract. If yes. you know, Or he may just say, hey, okay, I'll hold on for a minute for the following year. Who knows? But if Giannis leaves... It actually makes him the second probably best free agent <laughs> next year behind Giannis. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, 
it's, it'll be him and Rudy Gobert, right. depending on what the, the Utah what team needs. To. Uh, right, definitely, definitely. You know, so it's just a huge question mark upon question mark. The the winner in all of this are the Atlanta Hawks, though, because you know I doubt Sacramento matches this. I I, I hope they don't. And the being the reason being is, I would hope that Atlanta would. I would hope that Sacramento could somehow get one of those young wings in a sign and trade deal in some type of capacity. I don't know if they can. Atlanta doesn't have to part with them. But same thing with Jeff Teague and those young guys. Bogey and Gallinari on the Atlanta Hawks stunts the growth of DeAndre Hunter, stunts the growth of Cam Reddish, and stunts the growth of Kevin Herter. Because Gallinari, Gallinari and Bogey and Trey will be playing 30, 35 minutes a game. And it's going to be hard to throw those guys in there. Oh, yeah. So if Sacramento could kind of pull a sign and trade and maybe say, hey, give us Cam Reddish and give us two of the three. You know, Atlanta may value DeAndre Hunter more than the three of them. Um, but if you can get two of those three young wings to over to Sacramento, then you do a sign and trade in that capacity to let Bogey go for nothing. I don't know if I would do that either. So I would almost have to work it out. Hey, Bogey, I'll let you go. Tell Atlanta we need something back or we're, we're going to match this offer because I can't let Bogey go and have my, my have Buddy Hill as my starting two. Not that he's a problem. It's just Bogey's a better option. Yeah. And um, I mean, it, it's interesting because uh, I'm no guru, but I did look at some of the details that have leaked out about that, that offer the Hawks made. And there's some really interesting provisions that actually probably make it more beneficial for Sacramento to, like you said, say, okay, we won't match, but here, or frankly, just let him go. Because right. you lock him in, you cannot trade him for a year, which means you need to trade Buddy immediately. Right. Which means uh, a greedy team might be able to take advantage of you. Definitely. In addition to that, um, there is a kicker on Bogan's contract then that escalates to the team that's trading, that's trading him. So uh, Sacramento would, would take the burden of that as well. And I hate losing assets for nothing. Right. I hate it. I don't want to lose it for a nothing. But I think we can both agree that in any other free agent class, I don't think Bogdanovich moves like he, he, he wouldn't be the story. Oh, of course not. The only, the only reason why he's a story now is because of the mishap with Milwaukee. That's the only exactly. reason. Yes. So, so it's a tough call. Um, I mean, that being said, like, can't say enough about the job Travis Schlenk has done. I'm, lo- I'm loving what he's doing. He has gotten a position right now where I think they're absolutely contending for the playoffs and maybe even a, a, a sixth seed. Oh, definitely. Um, he's got the right kind of guys around Trey Young in Chris Dunn and Rajon Rondo that can compensate for his lot of weakens, weaknesses primarily uh, defensively. And he now has a lot of leverage over John Collins where – he could frankly just package a whole bunch of those kids and send them for something juicy. Definitely. Uh, come the trade deadline. Definitely. Because he's got more than enough depth to uh, to take that hit. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so it's it's an absolute masterclass of an off season off season by him and. Uh, and he still has uh, a nice young big. He just drafted. We're gonna still we're gonna talk. Let's talk about a Congo on this Atlanta Hawks team as well. We might as well let's let's put it all in together. So that Atlanta team. There's a ton of depth there, young depth, with Rondo and Dunn helping Trey Young. You know, like I said, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, Travis Slink, Onyike Okongwu, 
Clint Capella. Travis Slink has done an amazing job this offseason. I can see them in a sixth, fifth seed because you can't teach shooting. And if you spread that ball around with Trey, Bogey, and Gallinari, it's, it's, it's a lot to manage. Look at the Warriors. You know, it's a lot to manage. And I think that, like you said, John Collins, he can't come to my office saying he wants $30 million a year, pretty much. <laughs> if his agent calls me and says, I want $30 million a year for my, my client, I am going to have to move. Nah, I don't know. I'll pay Trey that when he's up, but I can't exactly. pay you that. Yes. Yeah, you just, you just send them walking. You have created a. I, I I mean, this might blow up in my face catastrophically, but I'd be I'd be shocked if Atlanta screws this up. I would um, definitely be shocked. Now, twenty two million, twenty four million. I'm still kind of cringing on John Collins. Yes. You know, um, eighteen million. We can talk about something. Exactly, and and maybe we can put some provisions on the contract based off of. Uh, you know, some incentives. Yeah. I do them based off defensive improvements. Definitely. Um, uh, Stat-wise, try to get him uh, get him a little more motivated. But if it, if it happens, it happens. And you've drafted a guy, Oneka Okwangu, Ooh. that we, you and I both love. Ooh. Uh, we got someone waiting. We have someone waiting in the wings if you don't work out. <laughs> arguably, depending on how you feel about James Wiseman, but the best big in that draft. Oh, he got – Travis Slink got – drafted a Kongwu just because his good buddy Bob drafted Wiseman. They're texting each other right now saying, can't wait to play big, our bigs against each other. Yep. And, and for the next 10, 12 years. It, it's it's going to be, I mean, if both of them develop the way I think they can develop. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that, that's pretty great. Definitely. Um, I, th- I, mean, I, th- I thought Atlanta, if they weren't going to get bogey, I thought they were going to send Collins and one of those guys for, for Brad Bill. I think so too, and frankly, I, I still think that might be on the table. Right. Uh, I mean, Tommy Tommy Shepard is talking a pretty good game about saying, "No, no, no, no nothing to see here." John Wall and Brad Beal are friends, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, the fire rises. Definitely. Like that, that the smoke's just going to keep coming out unless, um, you know, immediately Denny's locked in, Thomas Bryant's good, and mm. and Rui Hachimura uh, starts taking a couple steps forward. That's going to be a weird situation in Washington that, yeah, a hungry team like Atlanta is, is going to be all over. You know, but but the thing about it is, so I think Rui's a four, but he can play in that three. I mean, it's positionless. I understand that, people. Yes, but I still like putting numbers on people just so I know where they best fit. Okay, so leave me alone. Um, I think Rui's a four. Denny's going to be a three. You got to get a two if you trade Bill, and then you got to figure out what you're going to do with Wall. There's been that John Wall for Westbrook conversation. I don't think that's happening, but if all Houston wants is Thomas Bryant in that and John Wall for Westbrook, I think you do it for, from Washington's standpoint. I don't think you lose. Now, that means you have to get rid of Bill because Bill ain't playing with Westbrook. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but John Collins is, you know, or. Or, yes, John Collins is with one of those youngsters, the maybe DeAndre Hunter, because you're going to need some defense as well. But I'm not sure about that. I just know that there is where there's smoke, there's fire. And if John Wall, I don't know if he was pissed at hearing that report of him potentially being traded, and that's what made him get me out of here. But, but 
you know, Bleacher Report put out today that Tommy Shepard said, hey, there's nothing here. So, so I got to take the man for his word. I'm just not sure. There's something, but I'm going to take your word for it. And I'm happy you didn't give Bertans a bazillion dollars. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, that, that's still a lot of money, though, for Davis. It is, but it's not $25 million. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> it's kind of like if Collins got that. Right. We haven't seen him play basketball in two years. Right. He's never shown he can effectively uh, lead that team the way we wanted him to. Because he's 30 years old and we're still having gang sign problems. Right. And that contract is so giant that there is maybe I can fit on one hand the amount of the teams that can absorb him. I want to just repeat something. I want to interrupt you real quick because you, you said something and I'm so glad you said it and I'm going to repeat it too. As, as a black man, dude, you're too old to be throwing up gang signs. Stop it. Okay, go ahead. Like, I, I Stop it. Um, like, there's very limited teams that can that will, first of all, even gamble on John Wall. Right. John Wall to the Clippers, absolute pipe dream. Okay? Yes. Unless yes. they trade their entire bench Everybody. and leave themselves with a team that is comprised of... Uh, well, Leonard and George and just John Wall, not exactly. going to happen. No, not going to happen. Raptors could do it if they tried Kyle Lowry. Masai's not doing that. No. He's not taking that risk. No. Bulls, could, Bulls would consider doing it maybe. You take Otto Porter back, you take Thaddeus Young, but you sure as heck better throw some picks to the Bulls to, to take that kind of bargain. I don't think Wizards do that. Nope. So we, so we once again talk about Russell Westbrook's probably the guy. The contract's the same, the temperament is largely the same. So unless you think uh, Blake Griffin's going to get you anywhere, yeah, you're, you're eventually going to have to work something out with the Rockets that's mutually beneficial and unfortunately have kicked yourself in the shin enough that a pretty valuable young big like Thomas Bryan might be the guy who has to go. You know, I, I, I take that if I'm Washington. Yeah. And the reason being is because I'm not mad at Russell Westbrook getting his selfish triple-double on, on this team. Because we might be competitive some nights. Now, that also means I have to move Bill. You know? So if Houston is saying, okay, we'll take Wall and Bryant, that means I need a big, right? So in that uh, Bill deal, I have to get a big. Like a John Collins. Like a John, like a John Collins. So, so there you have it. And so there you have it. And I need a two to, to, to um, take the place of the Bill um, missing link. So it might be that. Cameron Reddish as well. And and I'll do that if I'm if I'm Washington on both um aspects of it. I and mean, if I'm Atlanta, I love all these guys, but You can't have them I, all. My my clock has moved forward significantly. Yes. yes. Uh, yes. We're, we're not playing around here. We're at, not at this juncture. Gal Galinari's not getting any younger. Rondo's not getting any younger. And frankly, the longer Rondo's on a team, the more worried you get. Yes. Uh just because Rondo is gonna rondo. <laughs> So, like, I mean... The, the, well, hold on. Hold on. Rondo just taught me a little bit something about him. Just like Chris Paul just taught me a little bit some, a little bit more about himself as well. I did not like Chris Paul. I was not a Chris Paul fan. But what I saw Chris Paul do in OKC made me a Chris Paul fan. I was a Chris Paul fan when he was in New Orleans. Okay? I, be, I, I did not like Chris Paul until what I saw, what he did in OKC. So now I want to see what he does in Phoenix, just like Dwight did in LA. 
if these guys can go to different teams, they they'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, if, once you prove that you can check your ego like that, yes, it, it, it's fantastic. I mean, Rondo has proven as of late it seems possible. Yes. Other than a couple of run-ins with Chris Paul when he was on the Clippers, right. Lakers Rondo has largely been unassailable. Did he spit he in his face? LeBron James in check. Did he uh, spit in Chris Paul's face? What do you think? I. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> I think he probably did. I think he was. I think it just slipped, and he didn't try to catch it. If that makes any sense, he felt it coming out. I'm not going. I'm gonna let this one fly. I know it's gonna hit Chris in the face. I'm not. I don't care. That's what I think. <laughs> I think you might be right. I mean, I think the issue with Rajon Rondo is that he is smarter than 95% of the people he runs into. Right. That's why he's going to be a great coach. In terms of basketball smarts and in terms of just, you know, basic book smarts. Yes. So when he was in Dallas, something about the way that Carlisle was running the team and Cuban, I think Rondo sensed that they were making sacrifices to try to get guys like Dwight Howard and Darren Williams in and were giving up on the team temporarily. Rondo doesn't like tanking. He has a good BS meter. Yeah. I think when he was in Chicago, he instantly sniffed out that uh, that that general that front office and Fred Hoiberg were not the guys to manage Jimmy Butler properly. So he he, he got himself out of there at, at one point. He went to your and favorite think, team. Uh, yeah, and I think he found the right kind of uh, mix of minds in uh, in LA, the right group of egos, and. Uh, Hopefully Lloyd Pierce in Atlanta is prepared to keep that in check because if not, Rajon Rondo will eat him and that entire team alive. I think uh, I think Lloyd Pierce. So there's a so we're gonna go this route. There's a new wave that's that's upon us, and I think that there are certain individuals who will continue to make that wave go in that direction, and that wave is what Chris Paul did in OKC, what Rondo rebuilt his brand in uh, with the Lakers. Dwight did, then he lost it with a tweet last week. So he's back He's back at, at Houston, Dwight, to me. Um, but I think Rondo with Lloyd Pierce is going to be a match made in heaven. I really do. I think the society that we're living in, not 22-year-old Rondo, you know, I'm talking however old Rondo is now with Lloyd. I think a lot of these black coaches with a lot of these veteran players are really going to start trying to just, you know, um, um, do something different. And and that's why I kind of need a new role for uh, Westbrook to be out of there and even Harden to probably be out of there because of Steven Silas. I think John Wall would kind of play up to that. You know, so, so I think Lloyd Pierce with Rondo might actually work better than a lot of people, I think. I think they've done all their due diligence and they've figured that out. Yeah. And they've talked definitely like, this is what I need from you. We got Trey here. I need you to babysit him, not babysit him, wrong word. I need you to mentor him to be a point guard in the way with the shot that you didn't have, Rondo. And I think that's the, the ideology behind that. Uh, I think so too. I, I, I like to think Rondo has, has humbled himself to a point where he has guys. I think there's a little bit of Rondo in Chris Dunn. Uh, okay. And I, I think that's absolutely a good thing. Um, Chris Dunn, unfortunately, is an absolute offensive liability, but he's an absolute dog defensively. Right. And I think Rondo can respect that and the work ethic it takes. And I think uh, Trey Young being able to keep a guy in front of him 
for at least 15, 20 minutes a game is is the most important thing, I think, for this Hawks team's chances. Because right. uh, once somebody blows past him in the perimeter, that team gets a little more vulnerable, particularly if they have guys like John Collins and Gallo uh, under the hoop. Capella will be a help, but it all starts with those uh, perimeter front court guys just being able to put a hand up in your face. So the Rondo signing, I I think, will be will will do uh, do wonders for them. If the bogey deal, if Sack matches the bogey deal, could the Wizards say we don't want Collins, we want a Congo? Would would Atlanta give Washington a Congo for Brad Bill and and maybe I don't know a contract that kind of goes in with that? I think good. I, I wouldn't. You um, wouldn't, because a Congo is too too much upside for Brad Bill. You wouldn't do that. For Washington, well, you yeah, you I mean, want a Congo over Collins, right? Obviously, on on what we're talking about. If it's just, if the package is based around, let's say, a Kwangu and Reddish and maybe some picks, okay. Right. However, if it's a Kwangu, you know, Herder, Reddish, Hunter, and then picks, I wonder if I can try to approximate some of the value for Brad Beal in a cheaper, less good player. Right. For instance, I think if you give the, the Bulls a good enough package, they'll give you Zach Levine. Yes, they will. Um, I think that that would be something worth exploring. And Wendell Carter. Uh, I, I love Wendell Carter. I, I think he'd be great on the Hawks, but I think so. we're going to find out pretty soon that he's a lot better player than uh, right. he appeared to be. Right. right. I think in addition to that, if you are the Hawks, um, you can probably make a pretty nice offer for Victor Oladipo mm. and just say, okay, this doesn't work out. You're expiring. Bye. Yeah, but you're and gonna have course, to. Yeah, there's the Godfather thing of them just being able to get James Harden probably anytime they want. You want James Harden around Trey Young? No, no, not only that, but I do not want him in the city of Atlanta. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For the reasons I think you and I both know why. Uh, <laughs> but you, you have that power, right? You, you have the assets. Hey, you never cease to amaze me, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we don't want Harden there. And Lou Williams to show up somehow, too. No, we yes. don't. Uh, Chicken wings away. Hey, how does Harden turn down $100 million? I don't know. I don't understand anything that's happening with that situation, to be honest. You know, is um, he going to find himself in Brooklyn? I don't think so. I don't either. I think he might find himself somewhere else. Yes. And I think it might take us by surprise. Um, but I think Brooklyn has made moves with the understanding they're not getting him. Uh, and I don't think their package is good enough as it stands anyway. I love Spencer Dinwiddie. I'd kill for Spencer Dinwiddie mm-hmm. to be the point guard of my team, but mm-hmm. the dude's 27 years old. Right. Um, Karis LeVert, 26, has injury history. Yes. Torian Prince, that contract is far too good for a player of his caliber. Mm-hmm. It's just filler at that point. Jared Allen, Allen is the most, uh, is the juiciest part of that package, but he's not making any money, so the salary match is a nightmare. Right. Um, so, but you get, but he's from Texas, so you can probably, he is, he is from Texas yeah. and uh, I think he'd be very good there. I think so as well. I think all those guys would be good there. Wood to the four. Right. All those guys would be good there. So Levert, Dinwiddie, uh, and Allen for James Harden is actually beneficial for Houston. If you throw me a couple picks, you I know, I think so. And yeah. I mean, Brooklyn has about 15 picks over the next five years mm-hmm. or so. The issue, though, is that once you give them James Harden, they are winning 60 games a year. Right. So you are picking 28th, right. essentially, right. for the next 
two or three years unless, unless you, you get really crafty and try to get pick swaps and stuff. Or you just don't, you don't want those picks right now. You say, I'll take them in 20, well, how far can you go? Seven years? I think so. Yeah, so you take it in 23, 25, and 27. That might be worth something. And being able to swap in 26 and 24, you can definitely do that. I'd do it to get James Harden out of there. Yeah, I mean, I think if the Rockets wanted that wanted that package, they'd have gotten that package, you know? Right. And then, and then you send Westbrook. So you have a team of John Wall, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Thomas Bryant, and Jared Allen. That's not bad. And, and, and a bunch of picks coming your way. A whole bunch of picks. Yeah, it's, it's not terrible. And may I say, I think this timeline depends on what Giannis does, does this week. Hey, he might say, I'll meet you guys in Houston. Not only that, but if Giannis says, guys, I'm staying, I'm signing the Supermax, immediately that cap space by the, that the Rockets, not the Rockets, excuse me, the Mavericks have tried to keep, the Heat have tried to keep, mm-hmm. the flexibility of the Raptors have gone to keep, yep. is going out the window. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything now. We're going to get a frenzy, and that's, I think what Houston is waiting for because mm. everything's off the table at that point. Everything. Mm. So, so one of those teams, so you, th- okay. So a team like that is waiting to see what Giannis is going to do, but okay. if- it's going to be, a, it's going to be a domino effect. Cause I mean, maybe not to Miami. I don't think right. Harden fits in that culture. I, that's, I was going there, but I mean, if you're, if you're Toronto and you can do the same thing you did with Kawhi, with a package based around a whole bunch of picks, OG, Norman Powell. Um, I mean, frankly, maybe take OG and Norman out and just center it around Pascal and, and Malachi Flynn. I mean, it's as good a package, I think, as the Nets would send out. And you just you just have uh, uh, Fred Van Fleet and uh, James Harden. It's better than nothing. Nah, Sean. Pasco, huh? Pasco and, and Malachi Flynn are not... The same as good as Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert. Nah, they're younger though. They are younger, but nah. I think Jared LeVert is your your winner of the of those players on that team. So and it keeps Houston relevant. They can be a ten seed, nine seed, you know, um, eight seed even. And you yeah. got a you know the picks are going to be the same no matter which team is coming from. But I think Jared Allen, Dinwiddie, and LeVert. I th- I take them over Pascal Siakam and. Uh, Malachi Flynn. Barely. Uh, and I think what's interesting of Houston right now is as the roster stands, they're still probably a playoff team. Right. And it's because of Pascal's money. That's why. That's the other part of it. I don't want, I don't want, I don't believe in that for Pascal. Pascal, uh, what you showed in the playoffs was deeply troubling. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not sure you make, you, you take a big risk on him quite yet unless yes. that, that was an aberration. But yes. As it stands right now, I mean, I think the Rockets, I'm, We'll try to move Westbrook at least, but yeah. if they don't, I think they try to move a guy like P.J. Tucker for less money just to get under the cap because they're very, very close. Yeah. Uh, and Tillman hates being taxed out. So yeah. maybe package Eric Gordon and, and P.J. Oh, yeah. Tucker and oh, yeah. try not to give up picks if you can and just clear that salary off the books. But like someone will take them Gordon and Christian Wood, like they're not going to be great defensively, but that's probably good enough for the eighth seed. So. If you have the balls in your court, like you have Harden under contract. Oh yeah. If if Giannis signs to Milwaukee, Dallas would take Eric Gordon on that team. That Eric Gordon would flourish with next to Luca. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, not only that, but I think Mclemore would be pretty good there too, and he's not making any money. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Uh, PJ Tucker would do wonders in Utah. 
yeah. next to Rudy. I think he would do awesome. I mean, every everyone thinks they're probably one piece away from matching with, matching up with the Lakers. Definitely, definitely. And uh, the Rockets have enough of those pieces. Uh, slightly less now that Robert Covington's gone, but I, right. I kind of like the package they got. I do, I do as um, well. But they've 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 got some power here, mm-hmm. and I hope they don't panic and uh, and and make a move that will will cripple them because I don't think that they will. I think Raphael Stone's a pretty good GM, right. so uh, hopefully they hopefully they figure this thing out. Well, let's so let's hope Harden goes to to the Nets. Let's hope Westbrook goes to Washington. Let's hope Wall goes to Houston, and let's hope Bill goes to. Let's hope Bill goes to Atlanta if Sack signs Bogey. Those are some, those would be some big moves in the next coming days. And those would be fun, and they'd cert- and they'd make teams like the Knicks, who have been who punted this season, have a little bit of egg on their face because right. now you're just locked in with a core of. R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, and Obi to Obi Toppin with yep. a bunch of second rounders. Definitely, definitely. What do you think about Kelly Oubre um, going to the Warriors? You like that? I mean, I really respect what Golden State is doing. Mm-hmm. I think that was tre- just a tremendous kick in the nuts. Forty hours before free agency for Clay to go down like that. Right. And Golden State had the flexibility heading into that draft, where if they wanted to, they could have just washed their hands and, and moved on and being willing to go into the tax to an extraordinary degree like they are mm-hmm. and get guys like Oubre, like Bazemore, drafting, getting uh, Wanamaker, mm-hmm. drafting Wiseman and mm-hmm. Mannion, who I think will be immediate contributors. Uh, I, I envy it. I, it might not necessarily be what I'd have done. I'm a little more hesitant to just assume that this team's going to get back on track because I really think they're going to struggle to start. Mm. Um, when Curry did come back, he only played four games last year, but that team got wrecked. Um, I have not liked what I've seen at all from Draymond Green the last two years, particularly from an effort perspective. And right now that flyer on Andrew Wiggins still, we don't know what it is. Right. So here, here um, go ahead. No, no, you'll go ahead. So, I mean, I think the team, I like that they're trying, you know, and it's a risk. And mm-hmm. it'll be fun, fun basketball to watch, but it's a huge question mark. You know, by by getting Kelly Oubre, th- their tax bill went from $66 million to like 130 plus million. So, they're in win-now mode. Um, of course, we know about Clay Thompson and, and that injury. Um I think once Clay went down, that window immediately, it didn't close. It just got to microscopic size, you know. Getting Kelly Oubre opened it up a little bit for me. I think I was talking to one of my buddies today. I said, uh, Kelly Oubre, you're not going to miss Clay on the offensive side because Kelly Oubre can shoot just like Clay Thompson. And he told me I was just the dumbest guy in the world for, (laughs) for, for saying that. He's like, Kelly Oubre is nothing compared to Clay Thompson. I said, no, 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 no. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Kelly Oubre can shoot. He just never had Steph Curry next to him. Yes. So having Steph Curry next to you, there are tons of guys. Devin, put Devin Booker next to Steph and see if he's not the greatest shooter as well as Steph. You know, or, or any other Gallo, Bogey, Buddy Hield. There's tons of shooters in this league. They just don't have Steph Curry next to them. And I said, so... 
on the defensive side is where you're going to miss Clay Thompson. But you got moving into our next segment, James Wiseman waiting in the background just in case they get past Kelly Oubre. Let's talk about this draft. Let's talk about the... Go ahead. Let's do it. The, the... So Anthony Edwards to Minnesota. I, he went first to Minnesota. I, I, I'm stuck because I wouldn't have picked Anthony Edwards. I would have moved down a little bit. You know, Anthony Edwards wasn't my my first choice. You know, I wouldn't have known where I would have gone with that first choice with Minnesota. I would have just taken more picks later because anywhere I go, they would they would have been out of place. So, what do you think about Anthony Edwards to Minnesota? I mean, you and I are both in agreed we would have traded the pick. If I was Minnesota, I would have tried to get down to five or six and get um, Oneko Gwangu. Mm-hmm. Just put him next to town, see if you can get more assets to to fill it out. I'll be honest with you, um, I am really baffled by what Minnesota has done this offseason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think they've gotten that much better, to be honest with you. No. I don't think they addressed the needs they needed to address, and I think, if anything, they've gotten a little bit weaker. Um, you can't just get Ricky Rubio and say that your defensive power problems are solved. Um, you can't sign Juancho Hernando Gomez back again at the last minute and say you have a four. You can't get Ed Davis and give up some assets to get him and just say you suddenly have a backup five. Um, Anthony Edwards, I do like. I I'm, I watched a bunch of his video. I think his main problem was shot selection. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who is built like Dwayne Wade or Victor Oladipo or even Fred Van Fleet, frankly, from mm-hmm. a bigger perspective, mm-hmm. but seems to think he is Steph Curry. Right. If you can get rid of those bad shots, I think you have a great downhill player who can almost get to the rim at will. I am sold slightly more on the pick because some Gal Rosas, um, Rosas seemed to suggest he had grown a little. He's six foot six now. If that's the case, maybe plausibly you can play him at the wing. I don't love it, but maybe, just maybe. But he, none of those three guys, Wiseman or Ball, settled a need for them. And obviously it takes two to tango, but I refuse to believe somebody wouldn't have traded for that first round pick if they tried hard enough. I, I think. Atlanta would have definitely, they would probably still swap that pick with you if this bogey deal doesn't go through, you know? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> you throw a whole bunch of money at Malik Beasley, you better be sure his legal situation is figured out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you, you oh, better be sure. Hopefully they are. You, yeah, you they, saw the, they saw the tapes. Oh, that's not Malik. <laughs> It's some other six yeah. foot six guy. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know, now, unless they're, they're, you know, that tidbit of Edwards growing, unless he's, Still doing that, and he can turn into a six-six mini LeBron with a jump shot. You know, I'll take that because the body's there. He just—he's strong. I don't think he knows. I mean, he probably knows how strong he is, but I don't think he knows how strong he should employ his employ his will on other people. You know, um, we're gonna see what happens because they better produce because that number one pick next year is going to the Warriors. Um, that's, I think that's what's crazy to me, right? Yes. Like the onus is to win now, right? So why why are you taking why are you not supplementing your roster like Atlanta has, right? Mm-hmm. Why not throw those big contracts out uh, out at guys like Gallo or Bogey, and then structure your roster in a way that makes sense, rather than assuming that Carl Anthony Tow- uh, Towns and you know Jared Culver and Josh Kobe are going to make steps that we've been waiting them to take steps for years, right? Mm-hmm. Like. 
Well, well, hang on, hang on to opposition. Maybe not Culver. Culver's yeah, too new. Exactly. Eventually, is Carl Anthony Towns going to learn to play defense? At this point, I don't think so. You know, it, it all goes back to to Davis Bertans talk. I, I understand Carl Anthony Towns and the Andrew Wiggins of the world and all those guys were, were up for contracts, D'Angelo Russells of the world, and you have to pay John Collins and you have to pay them. I'm not paying you just because it's your turn to get paid. Exactly. I'd rather trade you. I'm sorry. I'm not paying you $40 million. Like, I love Dame Lillard. I'm not paying you $50 million when you're 34 years old. I'm sorry. I can't do that. You're not going to be any good to me at that time, you know, and, and, or good to anyone else. And, and I look at these guys and I wonder some of the, not that the, go get your bag. I'm not, I'm not mad at that, but Carl Anthony Towns and, and those guys, you're not going to be as good as that money's ever going to suggest ever to me, unless you're worth it. Anthony Davis types of the world. Yeah, it's your turn. Let's pay you. But De'Aaron Fox, way too much money. I'm sorry. I haven't I haven't seen anything. Not to warrant 30 something plus million dollars for the next five years. I haven't seen anything. I see a 15, 16 million dollar player. And I'm sorry to say that. Don't get mad at me, De'Aaron. That's just one man's humble opinion. I but, mean, that's the problem at the end of the day with the Supermax. Uh, and particularly with these small markets where they are basically Ooh, going to get mad at me for that. these giant financial commitments. <laughs> and part of it's their fault. They begged for shorter contracts. <laughs> I might hear from De'Aaron. <laughs> it, it has allowed, you know, it has allowed agents and, and players to take all the power back. And in some respects, I think that's very good. But also, it's costing these teams to make financially crippling decisions. Yes, I just probably got to, I'm going to get a text after one of my buddies Here's this, and they're gonna say, "You worried about De'Aaron? <laughs> you might hear from Dame. You might hear from Dame on this one." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dame, <laughs> East Oakland. <laughs> you're, gonna get, you're gonna get a very angry uh, uh, fire drop at you. Right, I'm probably get twenty tech, dude. <laughs> nah. But but here's what I'm saying though. Carl Anthony, and I guess in like you said, small market tax. I guess you gotta pay it to play it, you know. So I guess that happens because. Anthony Davis has no problem saying, I don't need 38 million. Give me 36 million <laughs> and play that, pay that to someone else. I don't know, but I can't just pay you just because it's your turn to get paid unless you're worth it. Yes. That's it. Um, the Warriors drafted James Wiseman second. I love that pick. I, lo- fit and I love how they didn't panic. And, and they After kept the Clay Thompson stuff came through. They didn't panic. Picture guy. And they kept the, the, Better of the two picks, the T Wolves pick, and they traded theirs to Phoenix to get, um, o- to, I mean, to OKC to get Ubre. Wiseman, I think, is going to be, he's one of my steals of the draft, even though he went number two. <laughs> and it, it, it makes sense. I mean, Wiseman is so unpredictable, particularly given he only played three games in college, and only one of them was against an actual good team in Oregon. But right. if you have a guy, with that kind of athleticism, with that wingspan, who we know has got a work ethic, he solves an immediate need for Golden State, and I think the ceiling is incredibly bright uh, for him. I love it. I can't wait to see. He's the bridge. What I see is the T-Wolves not making the playoffs. The Warriors going to get like a number six pick next year. With that pick, they're going to find their next 
uh, shooting guard is what is what I think behind Clay Thompson. Um, I, unless Ubre, he's still young, so Ubre might stick around. So maybe they'll get uh, a nice Draymond replacement. Um, because Nico Manning is going to be Steph is going to do to Nico Manning what Andre Iguodala did to Har- for Harrison Barnes and go to the bench so that the young fella can start in about three years. Watch this. Nico Manning is going to be the Warriors' new starting point guard in about three years. I mean, his trajectory, his trajectory suggests he should, right? Definitely. I mean, coming out of high school, Nico Manning looked like he was the guy. Right. And he went to an Arizona team that was absolutely stacked. Uh, they had a lot of off-the-court problems, and he just he just didn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. But nothing has changed from Nico Mannion's perspective, right? He still can hoop. He, st- he still has a really good floor vision. He still looks like he has the tools to become a pretty good shooter, even though the numbers didn't match. And being with Steve Kerr and, and Curry and... And that culture, oh my God. He's going to love that. I think he's got to love it. Oh yeah, he's going to love it. They're going to love his hair in San Francisco. Oh yeah, he's yeah. going to be he's gonna be on t-shirts in no time. In no time. He's the new Tom Tobert. Oh yeah. <laughs> LaMelo Ball went to Charlotte, which I love. That's my other steal of the draft. Um, I think that Charlotte is, is they, they won the draft for me because they got Vernon Carey as well. Um, Detroit also won the draft with me. But... I love, I, besides Gordon Hayward, I was just fine with uh, LaMelo Ball and Vernon and Carey going to the Charlotte Hornets. Not, ju- not just that, but I don't be surprised if Grant Riller is like the third best player in that team. Right. Forgot about that. He can play. He went yep. to uh, the College of Charleston. Uh, so it's very hard to project those kinds of guys because they don't play the right kind of right. competition and mm-hmm. they're not on national television, but... That guy has the complete scoring package, and if he can get a shot off against NBA players, like there's there's there there's no stopping him. I mean, relatively, he's not Michael Jordan, but there's no reason that that guy can't give you 15 a night. There's no reason, you know. Um, I think about teams like Charlotte. When are they going to ever get over the hump, Minnesota? When are they going to ever get over the? Hump? Well, Minnesota's kind of been the KG days, but. Charlotte has since Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson. That was a different franchise. So I always wonder about those those teams. And I hope Lamelo Ball is. I hope he's successful. Um, I hope all these guys are successful. The, the Chicago surprised me when they picked. Uh, <laughs> when they picked, surprised me too when they picked Patrick Williams from Florida State. I know I don't didn't know much about I I knew about Patrick Williams but I thought he was like a 15 to 25th pick guy. Is so is I, is this Sam Presti surprising us when and we're saying Russell who when he picked him fourth? I kind of think so. Look, I uh I I grew up a Bulls fan, so me talking myself into this pick was only a matter of time. (laughs) You're like, okay, okay. He's from from Carolina. Okay. (laughs) So here's the deal, right? I I did a lot of draft prep, and that's all relative, right? I read the right articles, looked at the right mock drafts, looked at the scouting reports, watched basketball, but I don't have synergy. You know, I don't break these guys down. Right. And working off the mocks, I'm watching a whole lot of Denny. I'm watching a whole lot of... You start to hear the name Pat Williams. Uh, so literally the day before the draft, I just start going in on Pat Williams. 
And sure enough, he gets the pick. So then it starts leaking out, right? Pistons love him. Okay, I don't know how I feel about that. Spurs love him. Now we're talking. Right. We draft this guy. I watch him. He looks a little slow, but he's fluid. Yes. He's an athletic beast. Yes. Like just a, a freaking freight train. Yes. And then you read into his background, right? This guy was a point guard for three years in, in high school. He played against guys like Colby White in a pretty good Charlotte circuit. Um, he goes to Florida State because he can play offense, right? He wants to work defense. And when you want to go learn how to play defense, you go to Leonard, Leonard Hamilton at oh, Florida yeah. State. Oh, yeah, you do. So what are we hearing, right? This guy's a bench guy, except he played the fourth most minutes on that team, and Hamilton plays a 10-man rotation. So that doesn't matter. Right. And now, right, you're going to roll your eyes at this, but all these videos of him, uh, him doing gym runs are, are coming out, and the dude's going against Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, DJ Wilson, Bruno Caboclo, like guys, right? Mm-hmm. Guys who are guys. Yeah. And he is cooking up. Yeah. Yeah. So guess what? I'm all in, baby. So so check this out. I did a little bit of research too, just in prep for this as well. And this dude can jump over you if he needed to. He he's kind of like what Anthony Edwards, just a little bigger. You know, but he can, he, he's just got a, he's got a big body. He doesn't mind contact. He's like, he's a freak. It's crazy. I was like, who? It's crazy. I mean, where was this guy? Like, right. He was a pretty decent prospect out of high school too. Why aren't we talking about him? And it's because that's what Florida State does, right? They take these guys and they humble them. And you have to love that if you're a, a team looking to flip your culture like Chicago. So, I mean, let's talk about upside here, right? Definitely. He's going to replace uh, Otto Porter, like, soon. So, go ahead. <laughs> by, by the trade deadline, almost certainly. Yes. And frankly, if Laurie Marketing doesn't get his shot right, he might just replace Laurie Marketing. He just might. <laughs> because if we're talking Wendell Carter's upside is like Al Horford, right. we might talk about Pat Williams being a little bit like a Millsap. And that sure worked pretty well for Atlanta for almost a decade, right? Yeah, it did. It did. And let's say maybe he's not as stiff as he looked in college. He gets a little, little more fluidity. See, I don't think he's slip, stiff, but go ahead. I mean, I think the workouts show that the dude can handle the ball, but I think he was a little tentative in college. Yeah. Uh, but I see no reason why we're not talking like a little bit of Larry Johnson in him. That, now, see, now you're talking. Now you're talking. That's a perfect, I don't know what slip is, but that's a perfect, um, I think, Nice comparison, Larry Johnson. But before Larry Johnson's back, Larry Johnson would dunk on you. <laughs> and he'd destroy you. Yes, he would. <laughs> Those were the glory days of Charlotte. They were so fun. The dude made the Knicks relevant, even with like half of a body left. Like, exactly. Larry Johnson, folks, if, if you're too young to remember him, look up some highlight videos. Oh, because oh. Yikes. I remember I saw him in college fight Todd Day of Arkansas. It was Arkansas had a great team and they went in the UNLV and, and it was one of the greatest college games ever. Along with LSU, Shaq's LSU versus Hank Gathers, Loyola Marymount. Oh, mercy. It was Shaq and Chris Jackson. Oh, oh my goodness. Against Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball. It was amazing. It was like triple overtime. Um, if we even approximate that right. with the fourth pick in a week draft, like, right. fine. Exactly. Take, take your shot because uh, I, 
I wasn't crazy over any of these guys after the top three. You know, but you're crazy about Pat Williams, and, and I'm going to wish him some success. Him and Kobe White and uh, Wendell Carter might be the big three that Chicago went is going back to, honestly. Also, really high on Devin Dotson as well. They're Definitely. Uh, drafted guy. Yeah. That guy can ball, and don't be surprised if by the trade deadline he's just in the rotation behind Kobe White because the Bulls, unless I miss something while on this ball, are basically going to run it back. Yeah. And make their, their trade decisions by the deadline. And I think they have the flexibility to really blow it up. And uh, I won't be surprised if that core is just Kobe White, Pat Williams, Wendell Carter, and the World's Oyster. You know, and I think that you, Zach Levine is at a very good contract right now. Oh, especially after this offseason. Oh, yeah, definitely. Someone can, he can, and Otto Porter as well. And a team could still use those two guys. You I know, mean, Otto Porter. All the Bulls are waiting for is Otto Porter to give them two weeks of healthy basketball, and then they will move him. And then they'll say, oh, someone who needs a $27 million player for the year? And you know what? A lot of teams are going to answer that call. And he's he's good. So Otto Porter is great. If yeah. He stay, if he could stay at all healthy. The problem is he's played 40 games the last two years. Right. Right. So it's a, he's a question mark, but it's a decent question mark to have when you have the option of just – Letting him walk. That's why I said, hey, Chicago, call Houston, ask for James Harden, send him Levine, send him Porter, send him marketing, and you're good to go. Well, like Kevin Garnett once said, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Okongwu went to the Hawks. I love that pick. We talked about that earlier. I see him being the center of their future. That, If Bogey goes there, watch out for Atlanta in the next year or two once Okongwu gets up to speed. No, only a matter of time for them. How about poor Isaac Okoro having to be the only defensive player other than Andre Drummond on that team? Oh. On the Cavs. You know, the Cavs, I'm glad they didn't pick another guard, per se. (laughs) You know, but I think they're thinking long. It's time to move Kevin Love. It's time to move Andre Drummond. They, They, you know... Now you go get your bigs in these next drafts or whatever. I mean, I guess you kind of got to be stuck with them this year, but go get the best big man in the draft. You just got to bide your time, Cleveland. I think a coral on Cleveland is going to be awesome because he's going to play he's going to play defense on the Jason Tatum's and the Jalen Browns of the world. The three guard rotation, um Darius Garland, uh Kevin Porter Jr., uh Colin Sexton, well Porter Jr. is not in any kind of legal issues, but that three guard that three guard Rotation is going to be awesome for years to come. Um, and I think putting a Coral in that wing defensively, he's not going to be asked to score as much, which is awesome. He's has a, he has a specialty, oh, yeah. and Cleveland's going to um, make sure that that specialty is, is front and foremost. So that team's going to got better defensively, definitely. I, I love the Cleveland pick. I, I love him having to immediately defend other teams' best best yep. uh, offensive players. Yeah. Because it worked out for guys like Jimmy Butler, you know, once they had that fire. It didn't work out for guys like Tony Snell. Like, you prove yourself, and uh, it's a good uh, situation for Okoro if he has the right mindset. You know, Tony Snell disappointed me. Oh, yeah. He really did. He disappointed me. You know, Torian Prince is, is disappointing me a little bit as well. Yeah, I was really disappointed about that too, particularly with what Prince did his senior year of college. Exactly, exactly. Um, I thought he was through that Atlanta situation was, which was pretty good for him. Definitely, and he didn't take advantage of it like I wanted him to. So I'm glad that that just came up. Obi Toppin, another one of my great picks that I love. 
I love Obi Toppin. He just, uh, I read today he's going to wear number one, which I was hoping for. And him to the, his hometown Knicks, I love it. What'd you say? And if you had to ask me to put money on it, he's my favorite for rookie of the year. Yes. Well, Wiseman's my favorite. Toppin's my second favorite. And I think Obi's just going to get all those counting stats immediately. He's immediately probably the best scorer on that team. Yeah, and RJ um, and Kevin Knox will be shooting all day. He'll be rebounding, putbacks, and dunking. I, I love it. Kevin Knox is shooting. I mean, uh, Obi Toppin might get 35 rebounds a game. He sure might. That's what I said. It. <laughs> a lot of putbacks. <laughs> yes, I, I think Alfred, Alfred Payton's obviously a very flawed player, but I think he'll form a pretty nice two-man game Oh yeah. with, with Obi. Oh, yeah. And, and Obi's got a little bit of a jump shot. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, they got their Amari. See, before Carmelo went to New York, Amari was having an MVP season. And Obi Toppin, yes, definitely. Obi Obi Toppin is gonna he he won't have that impact on the Knicks in year one, but by year two or three, he might be that guy for for the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, once once we RJ, if RJ Barrett is what he was supposed to be, right? Uh, if last year was an aberration, if the, I think I, I quite like um, quickly, it is. Oh, I love quickly. It is. I love quickly. I like Miles Powell. Yep. Actually, their undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. That, guy that guy's got some ball. And Mitchell Robinson's okay. Yes. He's, I think he'll be pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a it's much better situation than the Knicks had over than the last couple of years. Definitely. They're heading in the right direction. They made some pretty savvy uh, picks, actually. Leon Rose has been impressing me in terms of the contracts he's been giving out. I think this team's going to get absolutely uh, beaten to death in the regular season, but it's a pretty good draft to uh, for that to happen. And Obi will get his licks in, learn under Tibbs, and uh, I think he'll be a pretty good player. You know, and and that's okay. Just like Cleveland, New York, just keep drafting well and just put your pieces in place and wait for these other guys, these Brooklyn's and, and well, Boston's still very young, these Brooklyn's of the world to get old and then wait your time when Philly and Boston are duking it out. Because they're going to have to contend with the Atlantas of the world pretty soon. Because Atlanta's going to be on the stretch, you know. And same thing with the next team, uh, Washington, who picked uh, Denny Avija. I heard the D was silent. Um, He fell to to Washington. And Washington better be so happy he fell to them. I I mean, I couldn't think of a better uh, fit. Once uh, once, uh, Ogongu was off the board for them, Mm -hmm. uh, Denny just slots there immediately. Yes. It's perfect. Fits that need. I'm. Who's backing him up? Isaac Bonga, who's a lottery ticket. Yeah. Uh, Garrison Matthews, who's shooting, I quite like, but that's the only skill he's shown at, at, at any kind of level. So he's going to um, get playing time. Hopefully, assuming John Wall doesn't include the team, he's going to be in a good situation to get the ball where he wants it. And they'll have a guy like Robin Lopez as the veteran leader for that team. It's 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 pretty good for him. I'm a. I was quite happy to see him go to a team where he's just going to be thrown out there rather than hidden for a couple of years. Because Denny is a guy who needs to prove it almost immediately. He, he only needs more reps. He's too young. So uh, good for him. You know, I, I, I love the back-to-back picks by Washington, Rui, and uh, Denny. I, I, they're going to play together a very long time. I love the international flavor that they're putting together as well. You know, um, and getting Cassius, uh Winston was awesome. I want to see Mo Wagner do a little more 
this year. But I love that pick for Washington. They have to figure out what they're going to do with Wall and Bill. They have to figure that out. Either we're sticking, you, you get rid of one, you can get, you can't keep them both. Unless, yeah, you can't keep them both. So one has to move. Bill's the easier person to move because you'll get more back for him. And just get a bunch of picks. Call Atlanta if Bogey doesn't work out. If, if, if Bogey's going to Atlanta, you'll figure out something, you know. Yeah, uh, maybe I something crazy right here. Go ahead. Do you think Washington should just try to sign Boogie for the minimum? Dude, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, bro. I had I thought about this the other day, dude. I just dropped my phone. First of all, <laughs> I thought about this the other day. I said, look, trade Brad Bill to Washington. Either get a Kongwu and Reddish, get a Kongwu and Reddish. I said, and then go sign Boogie because it's going to make John Wall want to play. And, exactly. it, and it's going to make Boogie want to play. Bingo. That's how you solve the ticket yes. in your locker room. That's how you do it. And then you get both of those guys kind of – Boogie's a different dude. He's going through the same thing the Chris Pauls and the Dwight Howards. He wants to rebuild his brand as well. Him and John Wall need to do that with a young team. And they'll be so happy to finally be playing with each other that they're going to try to go for comeback player of the year together. Watch. I, I had this this vision the other day of that, of, of DeMarcus Cousins wearing the number zero for the Washington Wizards. Seriously. With a red headband on. I, I would think it, it would be the perfect fit for him. Yes, and he could mentor a Kongwu. He'll get immediate minutes. He'll be put in a situation where... They can basically run their entire offense through him. Yes. Like Denny coming off screens and cuts with Boogie Come on. in the post would be unbelievable. Come on. Come on. So so do that, Tommy Shepard, if you're listening. See, but but Boogie and Brad Bill won't play together. If there's okay. beef if there's beef between John Wall and Brad Bill, you can't bring John Wall's boy in because then he's going to automatically side with John Wall. So if you bring Boogie in, Bill has to go if there's beef. So there's a lot of moving parts there. That's true. That's a big asterisk. Yeah, there's a lot of moving. So if there's beef, Boogie can't come. But they can't play together anyway. It's like a... We should, a, put, we should have a t-shirt. A pajamba party, huh? Boogie can't come. Yes, I love that. If there's beef, Boogie can't come. And if Tommy Shepard's listening to this, <laughs> hey... You want to keep John Wall because of that albatross of a contract? I'm using one of your words, Sean. Um, then go get Boogie. I think Boogie and I think Boogie is gonna shock a lot of people. Yeah, and Tommy Shepard, if you all listen to this, like you don't have to pay me for this idea, <laughs> but I'll take like an entry level salary. Like, I'll move. <laughs> right, easy, huh? <laughs> That's an easy decision to make. I'll move <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh, he knows it. He knows I'll move. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Sean. Um, Joe Burrow. Oh. It broke my heart, man. It broke oh. my heart. It it broke my heart more than Clay Thompson. I think so too, because Joe Burrow is so young in his career. Like what happened to Clay Thompson was tragic, but he's been to the top of the mountain. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Man, I was I was like, no, I had to see. And I'm not I don't like seeing these injuries, but I, I but I had to see Joe Burrows on replay just because I needed to see the severity. And I'm like, he'll be back. 
I hope he'll be back. I, I had shades of Carson Palmer go through my head, you know, and, yeah. and man, I just, man, that hurt my heart. And it was, it was sadly a little bit predictable. It hurt me more than Dak Prescott. Oh, that one was rough too. <laughs> you know, but it hurt me more than Dak Prescott. It's like, and Dak hurt me because of his contract situation. Joe, you know, so, but he'll still find some money somewhere. Oh, yeah. You know. Like, poor, I mean, Joe Burrow, like, we knew that offensive line <sighs> was was bad. I no. don't think anybody could have predicted it would be this bad, but the hits Burrow was taking from week one on. Yes, and he was such a soldier. He was such a champ. Um, I mean, the dude's an absolute warrior. Yeah, definitely. And, and to his, he is not, he's mobile, but he's not Lamar Jackson, right? He's got some pretty good scrambling ability. So I the fact that it's a lower body injury, I don't think is catastrophic because he'll still right. have some footwork. He'll right. still have his accuracy. He'll right. still have his arm. But this does set the clock back a little bit. Yes, it does. For Cincinnati, at least you got like 10 games out of him. Yeah. You saw that he's the guy, hopefully. So you know what he, you know what you got in him. him accordingly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not ideal, but at least this wasn't like a, you know, a training camp or week two type deal. You've got... 10 games of football that you just know Joe Pearl's the real deal and uh, just give them to your doctors and say, go to work. Man, the GM in me said, as soon as it happened, why couldn't this happen last week? Then they could have traded A.J. Green. Right. Because now you're going to get a top five pick. You're better spend out of offensive lineman. Yeah. And then you probably could have sent A.J. Green somewhere and got another top 10, eight pick, you know, uh, and got another offense. Like, that's where you go in the next year's draft. I know a team who, yeah, that's, I know a team who I would love to be right now. Not, besides my Raiders. We're going to talk about uh, that in a minute. Miami might have like a top three pick because of the Laramie Tunzel trade to Houston. Right? <laughs> oh my goodness. This, is this what we would call playing with house money? Oh my God. Uh, they were scheduled, they were so far ahead of schedule, it's ridiculous. Oh my goodness. The Miami. Like you said, they got those picks. They got Tua, who may or may not have to sit out the year because his offensive line is also terrible. Right. But we know he's pretty good. Yes. You've got guys like Miles Gaskin, who, who yes. are more than competent in the ball. Oh, yeah. They, they got a guy like your old friend, Lynn Bowden, who might be something. Uh, he, I'm wait, I'm still waiting. <laughs> Jackie Grant, Mike Kosicki, like, they look, their defense looks awesome. Like, so it's only a matter of time with the Patriots heading downhill that you start thinking, well, we can be the dog in this division for the next decade if we make the right moves. I like and that yeah, Salvin the Ahmed Houston, guy. The Houston implosion uh, certainly helped. I like the Salvin Ahmed guy, the running back. Oh, the kid out of Washington. Yeah, I yeah, love that kid. Too. Yeah. Hey, you know, they, they threw Tua in after the bye week because they wanted to see what they had. And I think they figured it out what they have. And they're on a playoff run. If they weren't on a playoff run, I think you could, after seeing Burrow, I think you say, okay, Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick came back in the game yesterday. And I think it was just because, hey, let's just get a shot real quick, you know. Um, yeah. But Tua is their quarterback. I think that decision has been made. As, I mean, as soon as Tua, Tua was awful, admittedly, week one, whatever. Right. As soon as he proved week two that you could go shot for shot with Kyler Murray. Yep. You just knew. Like, you knew Tua in college would be the guy if he could come out of that injury. Definitely. And he's, he's the guy. Like, uh, done deal. So... The Miami situation is really incredible, and it's a testament to that front office and signing a guy like Brian Flores. Oh, yes. 
the only good Belichick protege, apparently. The only. Everyone else goes somewhere and they can't make it. It's crazy. That's why uh, Josh hasn't left again. <laughs> yep. Every time he leaks rumors, I'm like, come on. Josh, you're not going anywhere. Stay there behind Bill. You're not going stay, anywhere. Stay where you are, be the successor, and then get fired in two years. And exactly, exactly. Um, I, I, I know you saw my Raiders in a heartbreaking loss to Kansas City. <sighs> But it's okay. I don't believe in moral victories at all. You lose, you lose, because you lost. <laughs> but whoever had the ball was going to win last was going to win that game, and that's exactly what happened. I do know that Kansas City's we got their attention. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you are playing around whenever you play them. Oh, yeah. That's what I like. A lot of teams just fold against Kansas City because it's a lot, right? Right. They'll make a quick strike. It's stressful. And seven in a minute, and you'll just deck of cards. It's stressful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, I don't even want to play anymore with you guys. You won. Go. You, you guys aren't afraid. <laughs> right. And we didn't and, practice all week either. We had we were on COVID. Um, yeah. We were on COVID list, so we didn't even practice all week. And they were coming off a of bye. Andy Reid's famous bye, bye week. So we... We, we weren't ready, and we still showed up. Exactly. You have proven that you can, you can hang with them. Oh, yeah. And now we're going to make this deep playoff run. We're going to see them. What's today's date? Uh, Monday the 23rd of November. We're going to see them in the AFC Championship. Ooh, lock it in? Lock it in. In Kansas City. And guess what? And guess what? We're going to right all of our wrongs this year. Just like my Boogie to Washington dream, I had another dream. Sean, I had a dream. Okay. We have so much disdain for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to go to Pittsburgh and beat them. (laughs) Then we're going to go to Kansas City and beat them. And where it all started from, we're going to go ahead and beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl in Tampa with John Gruden. Mark it down the greatest. So in 1983, the Oakland Raiders moved out of the city to a city called Los Angeles, 1982, and won a Super Bowl against the heavily favored Joe Theismann, 14 and two Washington Redskins, 38 to nine. We're going to repeat history. Uh, this is like your your Howard Dean moment, you know. We're gonna go to Kansas City. We're gonna go to Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what it is. Wee! It wouldn't shock me. Like Pittsburgh's played Tennessee. No, I'm sorry. Pittsburgh's game against Tennessee was canceled. Then they played another game against Tennessee. Yeah. Early one. Played Baltimore. One. Other than that, though. Their schedule has been cupcakes. I don't think they're ready to face the, right. the, the Las Vegas challenge. So, right. Uh, so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Raiders. So we're, there aren't any... Everything that killed the Raiders were penalties. Okay? And those penalties usually were false start penalties. There's no crowds. So the Raiders are starting to figure out, wait a minute, we're pretty freaking good. We just don't have these crowds messing with us. And John Gruden has picked a lot of Alabama-Clemson players and the such. They know how to play in big games. I know they're all fairly young, but big games is nothing to Josh Jacobs. 
I mean, it's nothing to Hunter Renfro. It's like, nothing. Is it I would, he, that dude is doing exactly what he did in college. Big games. They are nothing to Hunter Renfro. I love that guy. It's nothing to Hunter Renfro. I've been doing this. <laughs> so, so the Raiders are really getting their confidence, and we're showing the world that hey, we can play. We're pretty good. So Pittsburgh, Kansas City. We're not worried about Buffalo. We got Indy. We still have Indy to play this year, and we still have Miami to play this year. After those games, you'll become a believer, Sean, just like you're a believer in Patrick Williams. I mean, uh, why, maybe I'll just become a fan right now. Chicago's not doing anything for me. No, they aren't. Just hop on that bandwagon. Hey, there's room, but it's running out of space fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for the best offer. We'll see. It's all good. Hey, Sean, thanks for hanging, man. Um, um, we had a lot to talk about, bro, and uh, I appreciate you so much, my man. No problem. It was a blast. We'll oh, talk, yeah. We'll talk soon. Awesome, my man. Thanks again, Sean, for hanging with me today. It's always a pleasure. Um, looking forward to when we uh, can talk a little bit more football. Um, I guess the basketball season free agency is still going to be going a little crazy. Um, and then the season starts back up uh, December, mid-December. So we'll be looking forward to that. Um, join us when we talk our NBA preview uh, on the next episode of the Front Office Podcast. And we appreciate and c- the continued love support from everyone who who comes in and, and listens to this podcast. We appreciate y'all. Follow us at Front Office GM on Instagram. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.